Welcome to the Rise of Revitalized Project. I'm here with your host, Rob, and myself, Mitch. I want to talk to you today about something that we're really good at. What's going on, Rob? Not too much. How are you? Excellent. It's a beautiful Saturday evening here when we're recording this. Actually, it's Sunday. There we go. That is the topic of the podcast, actually. <laughs> that was the topic of the podcast. <laughs> so we're going to talk about failure today and how it relates to success because something that Rob and I have done a lot on our journey is make a ton of mistakes. And they were really difficult to deal with at the start because they cost a lot of money. They cost a lot of time. But what we've learned going forward is that every failure, every mistake that we make is actually a step closer to success. Yeah, it's it doesn't always feel that way. And it you know, failure is something that we all try to avoid, but actually failure is part of the process of being successful. Yes, it's such a big part of the process. And going through this whole process of creating this company, what I've learned is that dealing with failure is a skill because when you start making big mistakes, especially in the start of being an entrepreneur, you get really down on yourself. Like I remember, you know, when I, we, we had our first formula that didn't work out, our first brand name didn't work out. It was really easy to get caught up on those mistakes. And like I was in a literal depression at one point early on in our business, whereas now we're screwing things up basically every day <laughs> or you know, and having big setbacks. And we hardly even think about it anymore. We're just like, okay, this went wrong. We're going to adjust. We're going to get better. And we're going to move forward. Yeah, that's the, that's the only way to look at it. Now, if you start to get bogged down by the failures, you're never going to, to be able to move forward and continue to get better. Exactly. It's, it's such a great way to learn. You know, just thinking about one of the funnier stories, you know, Rob and I, when we first launched our company, one of our, our greatest marketing tools has been sampling. And we had no idea what we were doing when we first started sampling. Neither of us really have a sales background. So one of our first sampling gigs was at a female-dominated gym. And we pull up to this gym. We're super excited. We're finally going to get our product into the hands of some people. And as we're walking to the gym, I slipped and fell in the middle of the road walking to the gym. And our tablecloth, which we use on top of our sampling table, which is all white with our logo and everything, fell in the middle of the road. (laughs) So we got this dirt-covered tablecloth. So we're already off to a bad start. We finally get into the studio. We get set up. We get this dirty tablecloth, but we're like, okay, it's okay. It's a little, it's, it's not perfect, but we'll, we'll adjust. And Rob says, okay, I'm going to go pay for parking. And as he does this, unbeknown to us, two classes get out and I get bombarded with about a dozen girls coming to sample our product. And I can barely talk to one girl at a time, let alone like a dozen of them. So I'm, I'm talking to one, telling her about the product. I'm trying to pour samples for another. As I do this, I grab a whole Revita or energy tea out of our cooler, set it on the table. It has a, a messed up bottom of, of the container and it spills all over the table. It's an absolute mess. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rob comes in and sees me <laughs> just a disaster and I got so flustered I'm sweaty at this point one girl asked me what the product is and all I could say was it's a tea <laughs> not wrong it is <laughs> and then we finally go to make a sale one of our first sales at, at one of these sampling events we just we had just gotten our ATM we go to turn on the ATM. She's telling us, she's like, I want to buy a case right now, but I'm in a major rush. I got to go. 
So we, we go to turn on our ATM and what happens? It says 1% updating. <laughs> it always happens. Always when you need it. Right? <laughs> so we couldn't even make the sale on the ATM. She ends up e-transferring us. It was this huge embarrassment at the time. And I was really down about it. I think it, you know, it impacted Rob and I both, but we learned so much from it and now we can just look back and laugh and we made we made so many adjustments to our sampling protocol and what we do because of that experience, which was at the time a, a massive failure. How would you say that that has impacted our business, Rob? And how much better are we because of some of those mistakes that we made? Ooh, big question. But I think it's it's made a huge impact on what we. For example, with the tastings, yeah. You know, we didn't know what we were doing, so we just decided to, and this is kind of everything in business, we don't know what we're doing a lot of times, but we just learn by jumping in there, you know, trial by fire. We just try it, learn what we did wrong. Next time we'll fix one thing or two things and then learn again. And, you know, a couple iterations in, we figure out what we're doing. And that's how we've done everything. Like Mitch said, with the name, you know, we tried so many different names to make that work. With the package, we tried a lot of different packages, a lot of different formulas for the drink itself you know we just that's kind of the way we run our entire businesses you know just try it you're probably going to screw up it's probably going to fail you know we don't we're, we're not even scared of failure i feel like everyone's scared to fail everyone just everyone wants to succeed which is true and you know we want to succeed too we don't want to fail but we look forward to failing now because we know that it's one step in the right direction because we can fix it now and we've learned something yeah that is such a good point rob it's like that famous thomas edison quote who failed ten thousand times at inventing the light bulb and you know just to think about that for a second ten thousand times like how many of us can say really that we've ever even failed ten times at something let alone a hundred times or a thousand times and what thomas edison said is i didn't fail ten thousand times i just found ten thousand ways that didn't work and so for Rob and I, I think overcoming that fear of failure, which we both deal with, we still deal with it today, but it's really just reframing it. It's not failure, it's a step forward. You just found another way that didn't work and now you can adapt, you can get better, you can grow and you're moving towards your goal because you're going to have to fail, you're going to have to make mistakes. That's the only way to get to where you want to go. Yeah, sometimes failing is, we kind of look at it as an opportunity to make a positive out of it now. You know, if, if something happens with a customer interaction or with, you know, in the business, we're always looking at failure as a way to turn it into a positive. We've had problems with shipping with Canada Post. You know, we made deliveries to people and they've gotten delayed or they've been turned around because something was wrong with the address and Canada Post makes it into a big mess. You know, we've really tried to fix that as soon as we can with our customers because we believe if you turn a failure into something good then it's it's more of a positive than it would have been if you hadn't have failed in the first place if that makes sense right like turning something that was a failure into something that's positive is more impactful than just normal does that make sense that's a really good point yeah, yeah. absolutely i think like rob said when you have you know something that goes wrong with a customer and sometimes it is things that are out of your control like we can't always control what happens with Canada Post or some of these other shipping agent agencies, maybe someone doesn't get their package on time or gets their damage. And is that a failure in itself? Yes, it is. Absolutely. But when you have an angry customer, you have someone who's maybe not 100% satisfied, that's just an opportunity to go above and beyond over the top to make it better. And 
that gives you an opportunity to have a loyal customer for life and really invest into that relationship. Even though you might lose some money on that transaction, you now potentially have a customer who's going to tell 10 or 20 of their friends about what a great experience they had or how something got screwed up, but you went over the top to fix it. And that's just such a great long-term investment in your company. Yeah, you worded that way better. That's that's what I was trying to say. That was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I knew what you meant. I think going along with with failure and the fear of it, it's just, again, something I've struggled with my whole life. And just to give a little bit about myself, you know, I'm motivated every day because I failed my childhood dream, which was to make the NBA. So when I was 10 years old, I was already six feet tall. I was just this monster of a kid. And I got into basketball and it became my life's purpose at the time. I thought it was. And I put everything into basketball, absolutely everything. And from the time I was you know, a young teenager, my family, all the people close and around to me said, you're going to make the NBA one day. That was my identity. And I gave up you know, parties, the social life, everything normal teenagers have for the game of ball. And, you know, for various reasons and a lot of circumstances at 18 years old, I had to make the choice to give it up. It just didn't work out. I didn't make it. Ultimately, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't mentally tough enough, which are things now that have helped me in my business because I have the self-awareness to understand what I did wrong with basketball. And I treat it like my first failed business. And I went through this massive identity crisis because when you tie your entire identity and your entire self-worth to something and then it doesn't work out and you fail it seems like this such a depressing negative but it's really been the greatest blessing of my life because I've spent my entire early 20s feeling like a failure but that's driven me to do what we're doing now like I don't think Revita would be here I wouldn't be where I am in my life if it wasn't for the lessons that I learned from basketball and that really that drive to make up for this failure that I had, like I'm, I'm constantly driven to try and make up for that and prove to myself that even though I didn't make the league, I can still have an extraordinary impact on the world and I can do, still do something great. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty hard thing to get around. You've done a great job doing that though. And Mitch is... Actually, was you were on Junior Team Canada, weren't you? I played, you know, at the pinnacle of my career. I was playing on the U17 national team with guys that made the NBA. So it taught me a lot of lessons, too, of what it took to get to that level. And the greatest lesson, and Rob and I, it's funny, we were just talking about this the other night, is, you know, I was in the gym with guys that were just absolute athletic beasts. They were just so much more athletic than I was. And really naturally talented, like a lot of them, you know, had parents that were in the NBA or had parents that were professional athletes. So even though I couldn't necessarily compete with them athletically, the reason I was in the gym and I was able to compete with them and and stay on that level was because I worked at it, because I worked hard. And what the lesson that I took away from that was if you devote yourself entirely to something, whether it's business, whether it's art, whether it's a relationship, you can, whether you have the natural ability or not, you can be in the room with the best in the world and hang with them if you just devote everything to it. So well put. We both we were talking about this the other day. We both feel like we 
we still feel like we're failures and it's something that we've struggled with our whole lives. We've only ever, we always want to win. And unless we're winning, we feel like we're failing. You know, unless we're the best, unless we're doing the very best that we know we can, we're getting our full potential into everything we can. That's when we feel like we're winning, but that's not always going to happen, right? So we do, a lot of times we feel like we're failing, like we're failures. And I think that's, it is, it's definitely something that we've struggled with and we really try and work on and feel better. But it, again, like Mitch said, it's also drives us, you know, we are obsessed with winning and being successful at whatever it is we want to do, whether it's athletics, school, business. So that failure, if we can harness it, that, that, you know, competitiveness, that wanting to not fail is what's driven us to be successful in what we do and drives us every day. You know, when we do fail, it just lights a fire. Like we know, okay, we know how to succeed. We're just going to keep doing it, doing it, doing it until we succeed. We're obsessive with that. And it's been extremely helpful if we can control it. And I think a lot of people suffer from that. You know, we're mortified by fear of, of failure. So if you can just get out and do it, it can almost be a, a driving force in helping you be successful. That's brilliant, Rob. That's, and you know, just to reinforce that, you know, I think the reason I told you that story and we're, and we're talking about this is don't be afraid of failing. And don't even be, don't be afraid of a massive failure because that failure might be the greatest thing that ever happens to you. Like me not making it to the MPA, not achieving my childhood dream has driven me to places that I never thought I would get to. You know what? It's helped us start with Vita. It's helped us help tons of people. It's the it's really the reason we created this podcast. And so, if your reason for not starting something or not pursuing a goal is because you're afraid of failing, you're afraid of maybe embarrassing yourself or damaging your reputation, understand that one, it's probably not going to happen, especially if you put everything into it. And two, even if it does happen. There could be so many positives that come out of that and you'll be such a bigger and greater person for it that that shouldn't even really be a concern. Yeah, we we were even, we were at one point almost afraid, we were afraid we were going to fail at making this podcast, but we just got in there and started it and figured out what we wanted to do and we're starting to move forward. That's kind of the term we use is is pivoting. Anytime we make a mistake, we just pivot and move forward on in a new direction because we learn from that failure pivot and adjust and that's a, a book that's a concept that's really been romanticized by an amazing book called the lean startup and really the concept of that entire book is when you're building a business or you're building anything for that matter you're never going to be able to perfect it and when you put something out to the market you don't know how the market's going to respond so what the book recommends is it says create a minimum viable product or basically just get started and put it out there, collect feedback and then adjust. And it's, it really talks about reframing failure. If you put something out and the market doesn't like it, that's not a failure. That just means that you have to make a few adjustments. You're going to make it better. And then when you put it out there again, more people are going to like it. And then you can collect more feedback and adjust and grow from that. And that's, that book has just been instrumental for us because I'd say Rob, right from the very beginning we've had that strategy put something out there adjust pivot mm-hmm. now we're looking to fail because i know it means we learned something yes yeah every every time we fail we know we're getting a little bit closer to the end goal 
is there a big failure in your life, Rob, that you would say defines you or drives you every day? I don't know if it's one big failure like yours, but I think I've failed at so many things in my life that it definitely is a driving force. I same. I mean, I always wanted to be a professional athlete too, but I didn't even make it nearly as far as Mitch did, so that was a big failure. I, you know, was I failed coming out of school. You know, I wanted to get a job and work, and I thought that's exactly what my purpose was, but. Yeah, that didn't work out the way I thought it would, so it was a failure there. I thought, you know, and when I was getting into photography, that was something I really had to get around because it was, photography is one of those things that takes a lot of trial and error with, with photos. You can't just read about it. You can't just learn. So it was, I failed hundreds of thousands of times with pictures. I still fail most of the time, you know, but you fail a hundred times to get that one picture that's good. And even putting it out to people, is it's terrifying, you know, because you think that you've done a bad job. So the, that failure, yeah, it drives me every single day. But it's not, I wouldn't say there's one big defining failure in my life. Not yet, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and there won't be because we think about it differently. And really where this podcast is coming from is someone that's very close to Rob and I. She came to us and we just asked her for some honest feedback about what we're doing. And she said, it's great, but why don't you guys talk about how hard it's been for you to get here? Because she said... That she has some people in her life that look at us and they think that maybe it was easy for us or maybe, you know, we just have this natural ability for whether it be entrepreneurship or something, which I'm flattered by. I don't fully understand it because <laughs> I feel like we have such a long way to go, but it, it has not been easy for Rob and I. It's been a long, hard road. And even just getting this company to market, I mean, our original business plan, we thought we were going to be to market in less than a year. It took two and a half years and took way more money and way more time and way more resources than we ever imagined. And what we want people to know is that, you know, for most successful people, if not all of them, it's not easy. It's not a stroke of luck. It's not this magical thing that just happens. It's, it's grinding. It's hard work. It's grit. I think we live in the society now, especially with social media and Facebook, and we're inundated with all these ads about get rich quick or do this. And in two months, you're going to have $10,000 a month (laughs) of passive income. It doesn't work like that. You know, it really doesn't. Like Rob and I are very fortunate to have some very successful mentors who've built amazing businesses and have changed thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of lives. And all of them will tell you the same thing. It takes time. It takes grit. And it's going to be hard. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to have days where you wonder what the heck you're doing. You're going to you know, have days where you feel depressed, where you feel lost. But that's just part of the process. And the end goal is something that's so beautiful and it's so amazing. And when you're working towards that, when you're working towards your ultimate purpose and you're laying that brick every day like we talked about on the first episode, you'll find fulfillment and you will be so happy and such a better person than you were before. That is exactly right. So true. So what's a takeaway from this podcast for someone? What can they do tomorrow? Get out there and fail, right? Great question. Yeah. Get out there. If there's something that you're afraid to do because fear of failure is holding you back, really think about that because we all have that. Rob and I do every day. Try to reframe it and understand that even if it doesn't work out, it's not failure. You just found a way that doesn't work. So an actionable step from this podcast 
I would say have a, have a really good look at your life and what you're doing and start reframing failure and understand that every failure, every mistake that you make is one step closer and start doing, getting out of your comfort zone. Exactly. So make sure tomorrow you fail at something. Make sure you fail at it. Exactly. Have an amazing day and thanks for listening.